We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chiefs Kingdom, I got something for you. Here are the numbers. 35 for 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to one-on-one. We're back on track against the Raiders, baby. There's no there's no Aaron Rodgers in here. I know the Giants stink. Went in, beat a good team on their place, and did it in Chiefs fashion. Jeff, we got some cookies first. I'm fired up. Let's talk about some cookies. Cookie site cookie, man. I ordered. I got the stuff coming. Next week yeah. I'll have it. I got the merch. I got cookies coming. I got candles. You're getting, next time you see me, I'm going to be back in, at my playing weight. My face is going to look like a marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> Cookie side cookie, check them out. You gotta get this is perfect for the holidays coming up. Black Friday, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving. This is that time of year for cookies and all the other stuff that Cookie Society has to offer. Jeff, anything I'm missing? Anything new on the Not, nothing? The same menu, November menu. Um, that peach cobbler's been flying. Like people have been yeah. talking about that, raving about it. The sweet potato pie, which is one of my favorites right now. Yeah. And yeah, just stay tuned. We have a lot of Black Friday deals coming up. Yeah, I got opportunities to get some good cookies, you know, for a good price. That see, I got a no, I got a November pack. I think I got a November pack. Yeah, and some stuff, uh, some merch. So I'm and a candle too. Awesome. That candle's gonna remind me that I need to go eat the cookies that are in the right. November pack. You get Check it. Check them out. Cookiesite.com. Thank you as always to our sponsor, Big Jeff. Man, we're back, brother. We're back. Yes, sir. We're back. And you know what? Before we even get into the X's and O's of and everything that went down. Um, I think what's important to highlight here is even though we had some, some would say ugly wins over the last two teams, right? The Giants aren't very good, <clears throat> just beat them. Aaron, uh, Green Bay without uh, Aaron Rodgers, not very good. We just beat them. Um, that builds momentum in the right direction. It doesn't have it does. to be beautiful every time. To get those two wins is is that exploded us right out of the hole, right? And now here we are. This is Chiefs football, man. Forty-one yeah. to fourteen. Pat Mahomes, no turnovers, thirty-five passes caught, four hundred six yards. I mean, just uh, it's what it's what we're used to. And and listen to these defensive stats. So Derek, so they, they held them to hold on. They held them to the Raiders to 50 yards rushing, 249 yards passing. Uh, I mean, just a just Radonis, take me through it because you predicted it. You predicted yeah. the OBJ. You predicted 
that we were going to come out and all three phases would be firing. Talk to me, brother. What'd you see, man? I've been blamed. Yeah, I just felt it coming. It's, it's been a weird year, not just for the Chiefs, for the league in general. And we talked about it. You talked about, you know, us feeling bad about getting wins the past couple of weeks because it was yeah. Daniel Jones and a backup quarterback in Green Bay. Right. But if we look throughout the league each and every week, there's been some upsets. I mean, we just saw Tampa lose to Washington, yeah. you know, a team that we beat. Um, so it's any given Sunday. I mean, that, that sounds cliche, but that's the truth. So you got to appreciate every single win and, and keep stacking them the way we are. Um, and I just felt this coming. I saw the way the defense has been playing. Right. Over the course of the last, you know, three weeks, it's just been it's just been building. And, and, and you can see it. You can see the way the defensive line has been getting after the quarterback. You can see yeah. the way they're stopping the run. The deep. You can't talk enough about the defensive backs right now and right. the way that they're challenging receivers and the way that they're playing physical. You had to give up plays here and there, but they've been phenomenal, especially, you know, Ward and Sneed. Sneed's been all over the place. He's he's making open field tackles like an all-pro linebacker. Right. Um, you got Honey Badger, you know, the heart and soul of the defense, making right. ton of plays, you know, playing the run, blitzing, coverage. Um, he always finds a way around the ball. I mean – then against Deshaun Jackson, got that strip on that big play, and that's what we did to recover it. I need Badger. So it's just about an attitude right now, and I think the defense has it. Right. And and there and and now one of the things we've talked about ad nauseum here is how you know the offense trying to um make up for the lack of you know uh play on defense and, and the, the all the, the points have been scored. Now the past three or four games. The defense has really shown, hey, go out and do what you do, offense. Like, we got this. We got this. Yeah. And the, and it's not just all three phases. Like you said, it's all three levels of the defense, right? Yeah. So it's not just up front's playing well and they're sort of carrying it. I mean, you see all three levels of the defense playing in sync uh, with each other. They're all – it's like everything's in harmony, looking good. Coverage is good, like you said. The rush up front is good. Mm-hmm. The run, The run technique – from the beginning of the season to now, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know how you can fix it that fast. We've talked about how you you know, you know can't have these padded practices. It's not like you have four or five nine-on-sevens leading up into a game. And yet the difference with the run technique up front from the beginning of the season till now is night and day. Yeah, Guys are staying patient. They're in their gaps. They're using get, uh, release techniques. They're getting off the ball. They're making tackles. Uh, they're in sync with the backers. That was something I noticed at the beginning of the season that wasn't the case. Backers overflowing, D-line under underflowing, and you had these big wide gaps. That stuff's done. I mean, you got to give Spags credit, Andy Reid yeah. credit. I don't know how – I because as a defender, you know, I'm looking at that and thinking, I'm I'm a little bit worried about this long term because yeah. I just don't know how you fix this stuff in the middle of the yeah. season. They, It's like a 180. It's like a 180. I, I just don't know how it gets done, Jeff. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think we'd ever stop the run. So this is has been the biggest surprise of the season, but a great surprise. I think I think it just comes down to guys doing their job. Guys right. aren't trying to do too much. Guys are doing what they're supposed to do. And I think it started um when we put Nick Bolton and, and Willie Gay in the lineup. Those yeah. guys were flying around, making tackles sideline to sideline. Yeah. And that energy kind of permeated throughout the defense. And guys probably looked at it like, man, these young guys are bringing some juice. Yeah. I need Turn to do the same thing. So I think that kind of like rubbed off on everyone. So that was good to see. And we talked about three phases. We have the best special teams coach in the NFL and Dave Tobes. Yeah. I think that guy should be a head coach one day. He's a heck of a human being. Right. Even great. Yeah. And a great coach. So um, just seeing him, you know, 
throwing a fake punt. You know, yeah. we're up 14, whatever. And Townsend throws a complete dime to yeah. Kemp. That was amazing to see. Outside of the, the turnover, the special teams was perfect. Yeah, and yeah. They were, Told they were going, such a good coach. He's such a good coach, Jeff, that when I was there, I don't know if I told you this, told said this on the show before, but when I was there, I respected his opinion so much mm-hmm. and trusted him so much as a coach that even the defensive lineman, I would ask him, hey, can you grade the game from last week for me? And, yeah. and grade it out because he doesn't, he's not just, his knowledge isn't just limited to special teams. I mean, he knows everything. Football. And he would grade out my games for me and give me, you know, pluses and minuses. And I trusted him so much to tell me where I was at. Um, I mean, you're right. He's an amazing coach. I mean, uh, if I wasn't 320 pounds and unathletic, like I would have done anything to be on special teams to be playing yeah. for him. Um, so oh, that's a great point. Talk to me about the offense, offensive line, Orlando Brown. We were talking about that before the yeah. show started. Talk to me about what's going on. Oh, because boy, I think, are they firing. I think they, they're, they're, they're firing. And I think I saw this coming too. The reason why is because the last three weeks we, we were so close. Yeah. You could see it, especially on the first tries of the game, they were taking what the defense was giving them and, and they were driving the ball effectively and making plays. But it was either turnovers or we were inefficient on third down. And those are things that you can fix. I mean, third down just comes down to, in our case, was catching the ball. Right. <laughs> People were just dropping passes. So if you can keep drives going, it's hard to stop this offense. So if you're not turning the ball over, you're catching, you know, catchable passes, it gives you a chance. And I, I think you're just seeing just seeing Patrick more comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. You know, not, you know, scrambling when he doesn't have to, stepping up, taking those underneath routes. You know, letting the receivers do some work after a catch and seeing like that gives him confidence. Now he sees like, okay, I don't have to necessarily have the explosive big play, 70 yard touchdown right. to put up points. We're just as explosive this way because we have weapons. We right. put up 40 points. <laughs> we put up 40 points. And, you know, I don't know what his average yards per attempt was, but I'm sure it's lower than it's it's ever been. So seeing him seeing that and seeing the effectiveness of it and seeing the ability to still put up points is going to, do wonders for this offense. And I think it's a, I think this is only the beginning and, and this is going to continue. And you know what? So there's, there's so that's, you're right on. And there's so many things we can talk about on the offense. I got to talk about Travis Kelsey and it's not um, just this game, but it's just been this entire year. Yeah. Um, you know, he is an all-star hall of fame player yep. and it's his ability to catch the football to find the open space, to get the ball, to make plays. He makes big plays in big situations, all of that. And that's that's why he's a Hall of Famer. But the the grit and the nastiness and the just his ability, he's fight, you can tell he fights through injuries. He, mm-hmm. he's blocking the hell out of people. Like he looks, he looks like uh one of us, like an interior guy. As much as he's doing all the specialty work on the outside, he's out there getting dirty, getting nasty every play. Yeah, even through things. And I just have, I mean, you know, you, you look at somebody like that and you look at the, that sort of maturation in his game and you think he's so far, he's already come so far. How much better can he get? And he just, keep, you know, it just keeps adding new elements to his game. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I just hadn't paid close enough attention to him in the past, but like I, he's that guy as a defensive end, if I'm playing a, a five technique, I, I know I'm going to like, oh man, you know, Kels is out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have to – like, he's going to get gritty with me. 
Uh, I yeah. might not weigh him or something like that, but like he's he's getting in there and he's getting nasty with me. Uh, I gotta you gotta give a guy you gotta, give him, you gotta give him this proper his proper dues. He's oh, earned man. it. He's he's done it year after year. Um, his consistency, his durability, the toughness that he brings to this offense. I mean, we don't talk about it enough. I know he's a flashy player. Everyone talks about you know, the catches he makes, the receiving yards, the touchdowns. But the media, for some reason, it's always, I guess, the mark on him is he can't he can't block, which is totally false. I, this guy can block. This guy is tough. Um, he brings great leadership. And I think that that is an underrated part of his game that, that needs to be talked about more. And, and it's hard to stay on the field. I mean, I don't know how many – straight games he's played, but outside of his rookie year and missing that year, he's been on the field damn near every game, every, every possible play and, and, and being, you know, consistent. So that's, that's, that's awesome to see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's standard Kansas city chiefs football. This was something I know I've talked about before, but the, for whatever reason, the all-stars, well, I know the reasons, but the all-stars in Kansas city from the time I got there, you DJ, uh, uh, Justin Houston, Tamba, Kels, uh, and, and you know, it's going on right now. Mahomes, you, you look at it and it's not a facade. These guys work like undrafted free agents. Yep. And when you, uh, when you combined all the talent and ability they have with that mindset of we're just coming in to get better and grind and lunch pail mentality. Um, and now you enter in. Andy Reid and his philosophy and his system. I mean, you know, barring in injuries, there's just no slowing these guys down. Uh, and so it's just, a, yeah, it really is incredible to see him continue to grow. And I never understood the the blocking, the, the, the thing, the, yeah. the, the hit on him that he can't block. I mean, I remember being on nine and seven with him, and this is 2015, and thinking, wow, he's a good blocker. So, yeah, I didn't, I don't get that. But shout out to Kels. I mean, he just. He, he just continues to get better. Brother, talk to me. Get, break me through the offensive line. What did you see? I mean, they just they just continue yep. to look, look solid. Dominant again. I mean, it yeah. starts with the inside three. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney. Um, those guys have been solid from, from the jump. And, and just seeing, you know, you know, Orlando Brown, you know, just seeing him improve week after week. And, and over the last three weeks, I don't think there's been a left tackle playing, you know, any better than him. So, that's been awesome to see. That's been awesome to see him and Pat get on the same page. Patrick's starting to realize that he has the best interior unit in the NFL and that those guys are going to be solid and he's going to have an opportunity to step up more times than not. So he's starting to step up in the pocket. Orlando's getting a feel for it and starting to run those defensive ends by, and they're starting to, you know, marry up and, and be on the same page. Let's talk about my man, Andrew Wiley, though. Talk about it, brother. Tell Andrew me. Wiley is one of my favorite teammates ever. He's a team first guy. Works extremely hard. So it's really good to see a guy that puts in the work, you know, see some success. And he was going against one of the best pass rushers in the league right now, Max Crosby, who happened to be his former teammate. Yeah. Um, and that's tough to do sometimes mentally, mentally going against a friend. But I think he did. I think he did a really good job. Um, got some help here and there. But to go out there and not, not starting all year, not knowing what to expect, playing a position that's not necessarily his natural position, to go out there and do his thing, that was really good to see. Yeah, I didn't even realize they were friends, too. I, I have a story for, from down the road about playing yeah, against my best I, friend. I, I, I definitely got to talk about that. We're going to talk about that this podcast. Yeah, yeah, let's rem yeah, remember, remind us about that because that's a good one. A lot, lot more to get to. before. All right, before I jump into our sponsor, I did want to end on one thing uh, about this past week's game. 
And that was listening to Andy Reid talk in his presser. He talked about how um, the sort of leadership is delegated on the offensive side of the ball, specifically with the play calling, where um, EB himself, Mahomes, and I'm blanking on the quarterback coach's name. Mike Cuff. Yeah. How everybody sort of is working together to call those plays. Mm -hmm. And so he talked about one of these plays where um, uh, the play before that the Chiefs had scored, Pat went up to to Coach Reed and said, hey, call this. If you're going to call this play, fine. But after, let's call this because I think this one's open. And so he said, okay, go with it. And they went and they scored on the next play. It just, I just, that it takes a lot for a coach, especially a coach like Andy Reid, who has every reason to say, listen, I've proven myself. I'm running, you know, I'm, I'm steering the ship uh, to delegate the responsibility to the other guys and to EB, uh, to Kafka, to um, Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Uh, I just was like, wow, you know, I, I never realized that. I knew he was humble like that, but I never realized that there were so many voices that play into how things flow it's, over there on offense. I mean, those are the guys that have like priority. But yeah. this, this guy will take advice from anyone. Mm. Like, honestly, there's no ego with Coach Reed. If there's something that, that he thinks could possibly help this offense, he's going to, he's going to listen to it. I mean, I've heard stories about guys going to his office and, you know, bringing up, you know, a wrinkle here and there or, or, or dropping off a play. Um, so it's not, it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. I've seen it live. I know how he operates, and that's why he's so innovative. It's it's not just him, but yeah. him not having an ego helps him stay, you know, you know, stay hip, right. <laughs> stay young. You know, he. I mean, some some coaches they stay in their old ways and right. you know, they kind of fade away because you know, they don't change with the time. But that's not Coach Reed. He understands that the game evolves, and you can't get any better unless you learn. You learn from those who, you know, are following you. I um I love reading sort of. Uh, Navy SEAL literature, reading about the SEALs. I'm a big Navy SEAL fan. And one of the things you hear them talk about repeatedly, sort of a consistent theme through it, uh, throughout sort of all the the books that I've read, is when it comes to leadership, if you don't have a leader that can delegate responsibility and that can listen to the rest of the platoon um, and take the advice, said you're they're bound to fail a hundred percent of the time. And this doesn't just in the military. It's not just in football. It's just, it's every, you know, anywhere in life, you're in a leadership position, you have to be able to listen to uh, the input of others. Uh, And, 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 you know, Andy Reid, you're right. I mean, his humility and ability to do that. If there's anybody that had, that was whatever justified to say, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way. And yet, you know, that's the paradox of it. And that's why he's so great. Um, before we get going, before we go into the next subject, we got Dallas next week. That's a a real big game. Let's talk about our sponsor tickets for less. If you're looking to score an unbeatable deal on chiefs tickets, my friends at tickets for less have you covered locally owned for more than 17 years. Ticketsforless.com has the best selection of chiefs tickets for every game, all without the outrageous taxes or per ticket service fees you find on other sites. Plus, you can use our exclusive KCSN promo code for Tickets for Less to save even more. Use code KCSN21 at checkout to save big on any Chiefs order at ticketsforless.com. That's KCSN21. Check them out, Tickets for Less. All right, so we beat the Giants. 
this was a couple of weeks ago. We beat the Giants, but we, it wasn't a great game. We just pulled it off. Then we're looking down the barrel of the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. Beat the Packers, beat the Raiders. Now we're at the end of that, and we got the Cowboys. Now this this will be the biggest test of these yeah. three. And looking at the schedule, I'm, this looks like to be the biggest test for the rest of the year when you look at who we have left on the on the schedule. Um, going into this week, how do you feel about our guys, Jeff? I feel good. I, I, I think defensively, it's definitely going to be a challenge. But if they can come out and be consistent and play the way they've been playing, it's, it's, it's going to be a really close game. Yeah. If they come out and they're not ready, Dak, and that receiving core, like <laughs> they're going to put up some numbers. So I, I think as long as the defensive line is coming out ready to, you know, play, stop the run first off because Zeke is still an elite running yeah, back. Still going. And get after Dak. Let him not let him sit in the pocket. They're going to give themselves a chance. And offensively, I think they figured it out. I think, I think this is the recipe for the rest of the year. And I think early on in the year, under like dealing with the cover two looks and the shell coverages, we depended too much on Kelsey. He feasted last game. Yeah. But guys like Daryl Williams out the backfield, you got Clyde coming back too. Right. Um, Tyreek has kind of evolved. I mean, he went from this deep threat to, you know, running these underneath routes, you know, running right. these comebacks, these out, these out routes, and, you know, getting yards after the catch. So that's going to have to be, you know, in the game plan because Dallas is going to come out and they're going to probably do the same thing. I don't, I don't see them trying to challenge them. And man, I don't, right. I know Diggs has a ton of, you know, interceptions and they did a really good job last week. But I don't think any, you know, defensive backfield in the league can match up with us, you know, yeah. in single coverage. So I'm expecting the same thing thing defensively, you know, with the two high and the show looks. Um, but I think we've got it figured out. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what we put on film this week. Jeff Jeff Stradamus said it as good as written in stone, brother. We're gonna um, win. We're, we're gonna, gonna win. win this baby. All right. That's what I like. That's what I like to hear, man. That's what I love hearing you say that. Um so somebody on Twitter asked us to talk about our pregame routine. So what sort yeah. of goes into getting ready for a game, halftime, postgame. And uh, I thought it was a good question. It's, I don't know if it's something that you and I have talked about. But, no. uh, uh, the you know, football players tend to be really superstitious in these. Even your, you know, least superstitious person probably has a game day routine. And if you were to mess with that, uh, that would that would mentally just jack every jack them up. So, um, Jeff, talk to me about early mornings before the game. What, what uh, let's start night before and then going into the next morning. What does that look like for you? Well, night before, right after that team meeting, I go and get a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. I, go get, I, Big man said I go get a cheeseburger. I go to my room. I rent a movie. I watch. I watch a movie. Usually one of the new movies that's out, and I go to sleep. I literally I go to sleep probably usually around like 11 p.m. or something like that. Um, if it's a noon game, I wake up. I'm down at breakfast at about 6:30. Yeah. I usually get on that first bus that's heading to the stadium so I can get in there. Um, I go in. I take a shower. I stretch. Listen to some music. Go through the pregame magazine, looking at the the different articles and stuff. Yeah. Then I go into the training room. I get taped up. Go out on the field. Do my warm up before team warm up. Team gets everyone gets in. We go out do the team warm up, and then it's time to go. Time to run. Routine. It's the same thing over and over. In pregame, I eat the same thing. I eat spaghetti and eggs. Yes, <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti and eggs is my pregame meal. I know it sounds like a crazy combination, but I've been doing it since college. Yeah, 
I'm not doing anything else. And I passed success with it. So I kept doing it all the way throughout my tenure in the NFL. And, and that was my meal. Yeah. See, I I think you said this at one point. I, I'm, I'm the same way in that when we got to the hotel, I wasn't visiting with anybody. No. I wasn't leaving. I was going from the meeting rooms on the second floor back to my room. That that were the two places that I was going to be. Those two places, and I would we'd be in San Diego two days early, not going out, <laughs> staying in the house. We'd be anywhere at Kansas City. I'm showing up at three thirty. I'm the first one at the hotel. They they're not. They don't even have the the ropes, you know, to section off. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to cut you off, man, because yeah. this is a funny story. Yeah, talking about not leaving the hotel. We're wired the same way. I can remember we were here in Dallas. I live here in Dallas now. Yeah, and we we're staying at the Renaissance Hotel in Frisco, Texas. You know, before a Cowboys game, and before it was a preseason game, but we were using their practice facility because we were doing joint practices, and we were there for five days. Yeah, but I never left the room. <laughs> I go to meetings, I go get eat, I'll go eat, and I go back to the room. Well, funny story, it was in this awesome area that I now know called Legacy West, yeah. but a ton of shopping, great restaurants. Yeah. And my wife took me out when we first moved down here and we went out there and I was like, hey, we stayed in that hotel. I had no clue all of this stuff was two feet away from us. <laughs> She's like, really? She's like, you got, we got stuck down here during Hurricane Harvey. Um, I think that was in 2016. Yeah. So we were here like 10 days actually. And we just were, and I never left the hotel and I was like, I could have had some of the best food on earth. What? You were with the Chiefs? No, you were with Houston. I was with Houston Texans. I okay, got you guys yeah, yeah. There, there was a hurricane in Houston, so we ended up getting stranded in Dallas. Um, but I was—I just never left the room. Man, that's that's crazy. Ten to, you know, we had something like that when I was with the Jets. We um, were playing in Chicago in December, and a storm came in. It was like 2010, and uh, we got stuck at the hotel in Chicago for two or three days, and we were at the Trump Towers. This beautiful, this hotel. Yeah, we're right off of Michigan Avenue over there. Oh, I was looking outside. Like, I bet you, and this is after the game. You know, it's like there's no reason to be, like, you know, jacked up or nervous or butterflies. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. I don't want nothing to do with – we would go out to San Diego two days, especially when I was with the Jets, got to San Diego two days early, and everybody would be going out and going to La Jolla. And all. Nope. I have no idea what San Diego looks like. I've been there, like, six times. No idea what San Diego looks like, you know? So, yeah. And so I would do the same thing. So night before, stay in the hotel, get to bed right away. As soon as that last meeting was done, ice cream and cookies, right up to bed. Ambien, I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Getting up early, 12 o'clock game. I like to leave the – I would leave – so if we are playing a home game, I would leave the hotel in Kansas City at 8-11 and get – to the um and get into the locker room by like 824 mm-hmm. and that was i had to be like 824 to 827 i had to be in there by then same thing with the breakfast i would have chicken breast broccoli um spaghetti no meat no sauce just spaghetti <laughs> um and uh, uh hash browns and that was that was it and then i'd be drinking tons of gatorade because i used to cramp up all the time. So, I, oh, I have to be drinking Gatorade constantly, uh, getting IVs and stuff like that. But, yeah, then 824, I'd get there. Nobody else was there, just me. me you know, that, that was it. And hot tub, stretch out, walk around, listen to music. Um, 
And then, you know, then start to get dressed. And I can't remember exactly, but everything had an exact time, right? Mm-hmm. So at 9, 13, okay, time to get taped. Uh, 9, 27, okay, time to put my pants on. You know, it's like, then it, then, the, then the music had a rotation. It was like, okay, we're getting to 10, 30, this song got to be playing. Okay, 11 o'clock, we come in, 10, you know, now this song got to be playing. And so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, five-hour energy, um, pain medication. Oh, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Listen, I had to, I had a five-hour energy for pregame and yeah. one for halftime. That was it. And I would have to have an Uncrustable every – Uncrustable at halftime. I come in, I get an Uncrustable and a half orange. I'm eating like a kindergartner, like my oh. kids. <laughs> <laughs> at halftime. And I'm, I'm drinking a ton of water and Gatorade and listening to the adjustments oh, and just man. thinking about, like, everything I'm going to do to fix all my mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, halftime. Yeah. Yeah, halftime was terrible. If you had, if it didn't go well in the first half, I'm like, oh, just get back out there. I need to fix this stuff. And but there was nothing. There's still, you know, very few things better than getting done, winning a game, yeah. having played a good game, and then going out to dinner after with my wife. Going down um, uh, Overland Park was where we lived, and we'd go we'd go out to eat down there. Italian restaurant that I liked. And that, just sitting there and having played well and won the game, and you know you feel sore and your body's tired, but like you're celebrating. Oh, there was that. I, I just missed that. A, a definitely an accomplishing feeling. Oh, everyone, I everyone being so happy, um, but the opposite of that is miserable. That's miserable. I want yeah. to go out with a hoodie on, or Sucks. I don't want to be seen in town. Like, like it's, uh, it's not a terrible. Good I mean, there were some games I would go, you know, I'd have a bad game and I'd go right from Arrowhead to the facility and go watch the film because I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to focus until I see this film. Yeah, yeah, that's football, man. The ups and the downs. And that that's really what, and I still, six years out, struggle with in retirement is uh, you don't, there's, there's very little that elicits that kind of emotion. And I've tried to, to find it. I've tried the mixed martial arts and uh, tried all this other stuff and there's nothing to replicate the locker room. There's nothing to replicate the highs and lows, the running out here, your name called at arrowhead and the flames going up and everybody yelling. fans screaming. Oh, there's nothing. There's just nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. Well, brother, that's going to do it for this week. We're coming up on 30 minutes. Chiefs kingdom. We're back, baby. Feeling good. Jeff Stradamus called it. We're going to get the W this week. We're going to beat Dallas, and we're rolling, baby. We are rolling. We're rolling. I'm going to, I'm going to, give, I'm going to give a score prediction. I'm okay, let's do that because it's variable. But I'm going to say 31-28. 31-28, odd score, but 31-28. I can totally see that, too. And I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to mush. I don't want to mush what you said. I don't want to bring the bad luck in. But uh, Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs, baby. All right, Big Jeff. Thank you again this week, Chiefs Kingdom. We love you guys. We will see you next week with another victory, and we'll celebrate together. Go Chiefs. See you next week, Big Jeff. Go Chiefs. See you next week, brother. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.